Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports, and I'm doing a nice little USFL offseason coverage episode again. Um, since the last episode, a lot has happened. A uh, bunch of more signings, some contract uh, information has been disclosed as well. Signings that I recently talked about in the last episode that I didn't disclose their contract information. Tight end Daniel Helm uh, was signed to the Detroit Lions. He played for the Memphis Showboats in the USFL. He signed a one-year deal for $1,010,000. And then Mark Gilbert, cornerback from the Pittsburgh Maulers, signed with the Miami Dolphins for one year, $970,000. So that's really good for those guys. That's life-changing money, uh, especially... You know, if you're playing in Miami, you, you know, not a lot of that's going to be taxed. So, very good. That's life-changing. Obviously, Khalil Davis was a uh, defensive tackle for the Burnham Stallions, signed with the Houston Texans. I think I touched up on that. But really good to see a defensive player from the Stallions go to a defensive-minded head coach like D'Amico Ryan. I'm really excited to see how they'll utilize his skill set, if um, at all, during the regular season. But it's still, you know, life-changing. You made the NFL. Um, another thing I really wanted to touch up on was a player that I really enjoyed watching for the Michigan Panthers. He was a lockdown corner. Him and Levante Taylor were some of the best corners in the USFL last year. He has been improving day to day at Dallas Cowboys, OTAs, and camp. Josh Butler. I mean, he is just a, he's a student of the game and he really has been making some really good plays uh, he's got some people cheering on uh, his name. You know, I really appreciate seeing that. And he just looks better. You know, maybe he could f- fit his way into that cornerback four or three slot. Um, and especially on that defense, he, he probably would get elevated. His play, his IQ, everything. I mean, he's on one of the best defenses in the NFL. And I would hope that that would translate into more production from him individually. But, I mean, we know for sure that there's some teams... And Dallas has proven to be one of those teams that just loves the USFL. I mean, Kevante Turpin, Brandon Aubrey, Josh Butler. I mean, they've signed guys, and they're big signings. Josh Butler got a big deal. Brandon Aubrey got a big deal. Kevante Turpin got a big deal. And these guys seem to pan out. So, I mean, we're obviously going to see about Brandon Aubrey because he's the remaining kicker on the roster for the Dallas Cowboys. Really awesome to see. Uh, that he survived and outperformed every other kicker on the roster. Really big news for him. Notre Dame soccer guy, now a NFL kicker. So anything can happen. Um, But no, shout out to Josh Butler. Shout out to Brandon Aubrey. Um, Shout out to the teams in the NFL that are actually legitimately giving these guys a chance. Some spotlight. They deserve it. They played hard. It was a good second season for the USFL. And I think the NFL noticed that and, you know, opened both eyes this season. Because a lot of guys that should be signed or should have been signed last year are finally getting signed now. Um, another person that just recently got signed, actually earlier today I found out, was Stevie Scott the third running back for the Michigan Panthers, was signed to the Arizona Cardinals. No contract information was disclosed, but that is great news for him. He's a very good power back, uh, third and ones, goal line, he's the guy. Also a good pass blocker, uh, good technique all around, but I just... I, he doesn't have that burst or that speed. He's obviously way faster than I am. Um, but for the NFL, I don't know how his speed's going to translate, but I can see his power, strength, and veracity translating just fine if they need to use him. And the Arizona Cardinals are at that point where all hands are on deck. And shout out to Davion Davis for continuing to make uh, great, spectacular catches at Cardinals OTAs. I'm getting a lot of good videos out of that camp. And 
He looks great. Him and Austin Watkins Jr. look fantastic. They look like sure things. They might even start week one. Who knows? But I'm I'm counting on it. Um, but shout out to Stevie Scott the third for signing with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, also, offensive tackle for the Birmingham Stallions, Matt Kasky signed to the Los Angeles Chargers. Really good for him. He has good feet. He has good agility uh, for someone his size. I don't know what he's going to be utilized. He might be able to fill in at a guard spot if needed, if it came down to it. But he's played everywhere on the line. Zachary Potter, the GM for the Birmingham Stallions, even talked about how dynamic he was as an offensive tackle. He has the experience and the notoriety to be able to play all the positions on the line and still perform well. So that's something to keep in mind, especially going into this NFL season. A lot of these guys may not be immediate impact starters, but they could work their way up to it and keep developing their craft. And, you know, maybe one day we'll see, a, you know, a kind of a Jim Kelly-esque USFL to NFL, you know, transition. Uh, I would love to see it. And I think we have a guy that, you know, has that. And uh, I'll definitely touch up on that for sure. But another thing I just wanted to briefly touch up on was um, one team this past week made a bunch of re-signings. Um, and I thought that, that was important, not just for the league, but overall for the Pittsburgh Maulers, the runner-ups of last season. They need consistency. They brought back a lot of key pieces on defense. Let me just pull this list up here, and uh, we can uh, check it out here together. But cornerback Keith Gibson, really awesome to see him come back. He's a really fun player, flies around the field all the time. He's a, He's very fast. Really excited to see him develop his game even more. And then we have a third-year player, running back Madre London, re-signed with the Pittsburgh Maulers, I imagine, for two seasons. Safety Malcolm Elmore, really excited to see him actually get to be able to take helm potentially of that safety position in this upcoming season uh, because a lot of the better players on this defense were taken. And I'm really excited to see if Ruben Foster comes back as well. Because uh, that'll just make this defense a lot better. And Keavitazino hasn't been signed yet. So maybe we'll see a re-signing from, for him soon as well. Um, defensive tackle Will Miles and defensive end Nasir Player. Both guys really excited to see come back and you know consistently keep up that production on that front seven. Nasir Player was a dog in the playoffs last season in the USFL. Really fun to watch. Um, and, and honestly, just a playmaker in clutch times. It's just obviously... Alex Magoo is Alex Magoo, and we're going to get back into him real quick right here. He survived the first initial trim of the quarterback room in Green Bay. Um, and, uh, God, Etlane got cut, but Sean Clifford is listed at quarterback number two, and Alex Magoo is listed at quarterback number three going into the preseason. So he is going to have to battle during the preseason to be able to back up Jordan Love at that QB2 spot, which is where he'll most likely be able to see starting time you know, if anything, God forbid, were to happen to Jordan Love or if Jordan Love becomes, you know, what I suspect to be a bust. But we will see. Um, I have high hopes for Alex Magoo. He couldn't have landed in a better situation, in my personal opinion. Um, and I think, you know, he works well in those Packers colors. You know, and that's hard to say as a Lions fan, but I think he looks good out there. Um, looks very, very improved and refined, completing... Uh, really high, like high, challenging uh, throwing drills, dropping balls, like the ball into buckets, like really accurate passes. It looks like he even had, added more zip on his arm. He has more strength to the upper body. So I just don't think this guy's ever going to slow down. He has a taste of that back-to-back championship victory 
you know, and he's, he wants to replicate that into the NFL. He wants to succeed wherever he goes. And I think this is a guy that's more than capable of doing that. But I did touch up on Austin Watkins Jr., wide receiver for the Birmingham Stallions, now wide receiver for the Cleveland Browns. Had a really good Hall of Fame game. And ever since then, he's just been balling out at OTAs and practice. And you see some of the acrobatic catches he's able to do. Those are starting level catches. That is a guy that I want to see become potentially the Y or hell, the slot for Cleveland. They need a lot of, they need help. They need help in that wide receiving room, and I think he's the perfect guy to do it. He's the cousin of Sammy Watkins. He has all the attributes, all the physical needs. He just needs to make sure that he's consistent because consistency is one of the most key things in the National Football League for sure. Um, And then also another signing to touch up on is punter for the Birmingham Stallions, Colby Wadman, uh, two-time USFL championship winner, um, signed to an NFL team. Um, and I don't think it was, it was the commanders he signed with. Um, and that was, he's wearing number zero. I thought that was pretty cool. Shout out to him. He was definitely the best punter in the USFL for the past two seasons. Uh, he's what made that special teams unit on that club, in that club. Very, very good. He's able to pin the ball into tight locations inside the 10, inside the five. And, you know, they're able to be successful because of all three phases of their team, playing the way they do and as a punter you have to be able to know what you're doing to not create errors and to not put your team in positions to lose and Kobe Wadman never did that to his team he always understood the assignment and did what needed to be done and you know one hell of a punter you know I really do hope that he finds success with the commanders or whatever the fuck they're going to be named in a year Um, another big signing for the USFL is uh, defensive end from the uh, Memphis Showboats, Jordan Ferguson. He signs with the Seattle Seahawks for a three-year, $2.6 million deal. Um, And it was interesting because I heard some rumblings about how they were actually scouting him before the draft. And he slept through, he, he fell through the cracks immensely and they were able to pick him up on a minimal deal. But it looks like they actually do have high hopes for him, signing him to a three-year deal. I'm going to be looking for him to definitely be starting. He is coming in a little late to OTAs in camp, so I'm not sure if he'll start week one. But honestly, this is the perfect time to come in and get accustomed to the culture, the coaching staff, and the team during preseason. Get your jitters out and start performing at the highest level you possibly can. And I really think that a lot of these guys that are given the opportunity coming out of the USFL won't waste it. Um, Another cool thing is the uh, USFL football cards. Uh, The box set came out. If you ordered the e-packs, you got those actual hard copy cards. Um, but if you ordered the box set, it was 25 bucks, And I ordered four, gave one to Logues, gave one to Caden, um, put the rest. I opened the other two for myself and was not able to get an autograph, which I'm going to try and order two more and uh, try and get an autograph. I would love a Mark Thompson or Darius Victor autograph or something like that, but I'm going to keep trying on that. But I just really think that it's cool that they were able to do it. I want to say one thing about the card quality. It's nice. They're... They're kind of thicker cards with a glossy finish. Uh, Information on the back is readable. It's very clear. It's a very clear and clean format for the card. And I love the box set as well. One gripe, I wish McLeod Bethel Thompson wasn't on it. I wish Mark Thompson was on it because he had the best modern USFL running back season of all time. Um, If not the the best modern spring running back season 
of all time, if not ever. I mean, when you break down his numbers, he was going insane. And shout out to Mark Thompson just for being a straight-up fucking dog. Uh, you got to love guys like that that are just so ferocious and just they're 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 a pit bull, you know, and they and they don't take shit. And that's what makes a good running back, in my opinion. Like Mark Thompson's funny too. People were ranking him in like the forties before the season started for the uh, USFL top one hundred, and he's like, "Y'all high as a kite." And he sent that out before the season uh, started, and then obviously he had. Uh, what did I say? Like the, one of the best running back seasons in spring football history. I mean, this guy had over 13 touchdowns, consistent playmaker for the Houston Gamblers and their offense. Uh, just wish they had a better quarterback to be able to, you know, actually make some dissecting type throws to alleviate some of the stress off the run game. But he just was not that lucky. Instead, he was a touchdown machine, and honestly, if you tried to tackle him in open field, you're fucking done. I would have really loved to see Mark Thompson on the box set, but make sure you're following us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and threads at Tea Time Reports. I actually just posted a couple pictures of my first pulls out of uh, my first USFL football card purchase, you know, um, and thought that was pretty cool. The cards look really nice. Cole Kelly's looks nice. Case Cookis has a nice uh, card, plus his uh, retrospective. Um, alternative card, which is really cool. Talks about week eight of 2022 season where he had five touchdowns in that game. He went off. Um, just a really overall, the league's coming together. The football cards look good. They're they're doing really well. Uh, you know, from my perspective, you know, the community seems to be really into them. Um, I really do want to find an autograph for sure. Um, but just in general, I think it's good for the league. It's good for the players. It's good to start building more and more of a fan base with collectibles and stuff that can attain value over time. And I really do believe that that's just investing into the league. And I think it's a smart way to do it because the NFL has so many options for trading cards. The USFL, if they're able to, you know, kind of make their trading card really, really fucking nice and good, you know, grow the value on them a little bit, which that takes time. um, I really do believe that it could help the league out immensely. So shout out to the USFL for doing the box set, and hopefully we'll get a 2024 box set after the season uh, three. And I'm really excited to see who's going to be in that set and who's going to be on the box set cover because I think that's a big deal because those were those were spokespersons slash some of the bigger stars in the league: uh, Reggie Corbin, Darius Victor, McLeod Bethel Thompson, and Case Cookus. I would have loved to see Jamar uh, Smith on there, maybe um, you know, obviously Mark Thompson, but Derek Dillon. A lot of guys that deserve, you know, more and more notoriety. And Derek Dillon actually just got a workout earlier today with, I believe it was the, um, I think it was the Patriots, if I'm not mistaken. But he did get a workout earlier today. So I really do hope that he gets signed before the preseason starts because I believe he could have a similar type of impact that Cavante Turpin had, um, especially on special teams. But I think he is more of a threat at receiver because of his size and his stature and obviously just overall physical ability because he was on that Cincinnati Bengals squad that went to the Super Bowl and lost to Patrick Mahomes. He did run a 4-2-8, I believe, at his pro day. I mean, this guy has all the specials and all the attributes you need to be able to be a successful special teams or just a skill position player in the NFL because, in general, there's a lot of NFL players, obviously. There's obviously 32 NFL teams, a lot of roster spots to fill. A lot of these guys that are getting handpicked out of these alternative leagues are better than a lot of these other guys that are already in the NFL. So it was just something I really wanted to, you know, kind of keep in mind and kind of discuss a little bit open, more in open 
um, you know, discourse here, just because genuinely I believe that it's important uh, to notate that. But I guess moving forward onto, I guess, the last um, bulletin point of business is a lot of USFL executives and um, and just important people surrounding the USFL involved with the USFL um, were at a meeting, a big meeting in L.A., um, so maybe are they expanding West? I don't know. Are they trying to get LA Express back? I don't, I don't know. I just don't know. And I won't know. And hopefully we find out soon. Um, but just overall, I think that if they do expand to LA, maybe not this, obviously not this upcoming season, but maybe season four, I think you put a team in LA, you keep that in the North and then you put a team back in Tampa or Orlando. Like one of those safer play or Miami, you know, like or Jacksonville, the Jacksonville Bulls. That was a good team. I that's a football town, you know. I feel like that would do well. But just that that way, it adds the fifth team in each division, the South and the North, um, and then it also adds the ability to maybe expand the regular season a little bit. And I know when they expand teams, they are gonna have to expand out of that ten game regular season. Uh, probably to a 12 or 14 game regular season. Um, But it will be interesting to see how they're able to do that. They're going to need to add the proper amount of teams, the proper amount of weeks to regular season, potentially even mix up postseason, which I'm sure we'll have to see change. Potentially a wild card insert uh, insert for North and South as well. Maybe like a play-in type of game. So many really cool ideas that they can do to freshen up that aspect of of football and that aspect of American football is like the whole postseason entrance and the grind. Like, say you were really good, you know, then you stuttered, your chances are gone. Say a team doesn't even deserve to be there, but they're there. So pretty much the Cowboys every year. You know, that's a situation that, you know, we're going to keep seeing a cycle of. And I think the USFL is doing a very solid job, not only with talent uh, equalization, but just overall, they have really good head coaches, really good training facilities, really good just overall staff. And, and they're able to keep and acquire and develop talent more more often than not than some of these other leagues. And we've seen it hand in hand again. Some of these USFL players are getting million dollar contracts, multi-million dollar contracts for multiple years. I've seen nothing of the sorts of like that from the XFL, the AAF, FCF, you name it, arena football. I mean, I want a league to legitimately be a hopeful pipeline to the NFL for some of these younger athletes that are willing to put their lines and their minds and body on the line, not in, you know, in any kind of danger, but you know, it does take a toll. But um, overall, I, I really do believe that, you know, with that meeting in LA, circling back to that, I do hope that it's a good thing for the league. I think that maybe they're trying to get some more you know, investment in, some more funds. But I think it's a very peculiar place excuse me, um, for a bunch of the executives and you know, just important people surrounding the league to be, especially when Steve Young played for the LA Express. And uh, that's a, one of the more iconic clubs in the USFL's history. So maybe they are trying to revive it, get a crowd from LA, because there's always a crowd in LA. But they really got to draw there. They got to they got to hit the, the the ground running with marketing, and they have been doing that. It's just a matter of people need to show up to their home cities, respectively, if there is USFL games there, or just tune into it on TV. Post about it a little bit on Twitter. Spread the love because these guys out there padding up these these uh, men and women out there on the medical facility, like the medical staff, the 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 coaches, everyone involved from from head to toe, you know. 
they just want it seen. They, they just want to see it clean, you know, in, in a sense. But when you when you break it down, it, it really overall is good. But also, it could be a little bit of skepticism. I don't want there to be aggressive expansion too soon. That way, there's you know liabilities that are under the foundation that they would have to worry about later on. But you know, as of right now, I'm feeling really confident in the USFL's model, business model, financial status, and plan, as well as what they're doing to the league, the merchandise, and helping out their fans in a way that you know not a lot of leagues personally consider doing or taking care of on the spot because it's too it's too small or too little to nothing for them. But I really am glad that the football cards were added. I'm glad that there's consistent rule changes. I'm glad there's transparency with the calls. Uh, you know, in-game with Mike Pereira and inside the booth. I, I appreciate that aspect about the league because it almost seems human. You know what I'm saying? And that's the good part about it to me. And I think more and more people will notice that over time. And genuinely, the USFL will become the second biggest American football league in the world. And respectfully. But uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning into this USFL offseason coverage episode. Hopefully you all enjoyed the player updates, league news, uh, player you know, acquisitions, NFL signings from the USFL. And make sure you are following us on Twitter. I'm very, very active with USFL news on there, making sure that we're all up to date on it, and as well as rowdies, rays, whatever, you name it. But we have a ton of content on all of our platforms. Make sure you're giving us a follow, show the support, show the love. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. But this is Trevor, and this was our USFL off-season coverage episode. I really hope everyone enjoyed. Make sure you're tuning in for future episodes and stay, you know, keep your eyes peeled. Excuse me for bopping the mic, the mic right there. <laughs> but uh, everyone, have a great rest of your day, evening, morning, night, wherever, whenever you're listening to this. We really appreciate you over here at Tea Time Reports. This is Trevor signing out. Peace.